Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 360 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, here with Megan Francis. Sounding a little under the weather, Megan? Sarah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, so here's a fun little insidery thing. I did an Instagram Live this morning on my um, Megan Francis account, and the first, like, two things I said were so squeaky that I was like, there's no way we can record today, but we kind of have to. Um, just because we're a little behind because of spring break. So yeah, I was like, if you, you know, I said, if, if anyone's watching this and later they hear an episode where I sound really <laughs> squeaky, you'll know it was the one I was waffling about recording today because yeah, I've like, I'm at the tail end of a cold, which you somehow infected me again from across the country. I don't know how this keeps happening. I don't know either, but we have not been in the same bubble. We haven't been within hundreds of miles of each other in a very long time. And I had a very similar cold we like last week or yeah, yeah, a week ago. So we were tracking our symptoms and yeah. So I had a froggy voice. I guess it was last Tuesday. I don't know. I lose track with the recording time and the airtime, but listeners will be, will be, um, understanding of you today. The show must, must go on. It must go on. But I want to point out that the last time you got sick, I got sick the week after. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. the last time we both got sick before the pandemic was also you got sick. And then a week later I got sick. Yeah. So yeah. there is something in our routine. There's something in the, it, there's like a virus that is spreading, like coming through the mic. Yeah. Or maybe the and like on the other end, maybe like this is how regular cold viruses go. They go from West to East, just like the wind, like weather, <laughs> just like weather. Just like weather. <laughs> people are like, maybe. please stop, please stop yeah. hypothesizing. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to the real part of this episode that people are here for. Right. You are here today. We're talking about the things moms say. Originally, we had framed this episode or called it internally the refrains of motherhood, which I thought sounded so like sacred and holy, almost like a <laughs> hymn. Doesn't that sound really sweet and nice? It does sound so sweet and nice, but I don't think that's what we're doing today, right? It's really not. So <laughs> we're talking about the phrases that come out of our mouths as moms again and again and again. 
Sometimes it's to get kids moving or to remind them of the rules or I don't know, just for whatever reason. And we asked our Instagram community to share what they say all the time in their homes. And so we've got some really good ones collected from the community. Everything from like all the different ways moms say no, which cracked me up because what we're really saying is no, but also like things like little sweet ways to send kids off for the school day that we say every day, um, catchy phrases that kind of become shorthand for some of your house rules, all of that stuff. Yeah. And what I really loved about going through these um, responses that we got is like the universality, the universality, I hope that's the word, um, yeah. the un- yeah, the universalness of the way that we communicate certain things to our kids, like um, love and no, thank you. This is not happening today. Or (laughs) like, you know, just like there's so many ways that we might think are clever in our house because we have like a a slightly different take on it. Or maybe we've turned it into like a catchphrase. But really, these things are being said over and over and over and over in every family home everywhere. And we're just coming up with our own like unique take. Totally. And I think we can borrow, beg, borrow and steal from each other because sometimes another mom has a much catchier way to say something than than you do. And you can adopt that. Like how many of us are now saying four on the floor when kids are leaning back in their chairs? And Megan, you shared that a few years ago on the podcast. I was not saying four on the floor at that time. And you and I had known each other for a long time, but somehow I missed it. And so basically, if a kid is leaning back in their chair, you yell four on the floor because all four legs of the chair need to be on the floor. And my mom says it now, like we all say it to my kids. So you I have no idea where I got one. it either. No idea. Yeah. 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 So it's so funny. My friend Stacy, one of my very first mom friends, um, used to say to her kids, like when she wanted to get their buy in that they'd heard her, she'd say capiche. Like, you know, like yeah. she was like a real Italian American or like from some kind of, you know, a gangster movie. And she was neither of those things. And I thought it was so funny and so cute. And her kids, like when they were two and three, they'd be like, capiche. <laughs> and so I stole that one early on when my kids were there. So the point is, we're going to go through all these today and you all can beg, borrow and steal and start incorporating them into your own, into your own families. So I thought, Megan, before we dive in, it would be fun to share any phrases that we remember our moms or moms and dads saying when we were growing up. So what yeah. came to mind for you? So I think my mom had a very um, sarcastic love language, I would Mm -hmm. say. And but she she pulled out the cliches. So, for example, the title of this episode, Broken Records, my mom would say, I feel like a broken record. But I feel like that's that's like that snippet of time. Like the the whole thing of saying I feel like a broken record is no longer relevant because nobody. Well, I guess now people listen to vinyl again, but it's just not the same. Right. Um, But my mom would say, did I stutter? She would say, I wasn't born yesterday. I mean, like those are like right out of the, you know, the book, the playbook the of parenting cliches. Playbook. Yes. Yeah. At one point when my mom, um, when I was getting older, my mom started changing the like, I wasn't born yesterday into I'm no boo-boo the fool. And I remember <laughs> I was just, it was so perplexing to me because I had no idea what she was talking about. And then I forgot about it for a really long time. And one day my sister was like, do you remember when mom started saying she was no boo-boo the fool. And I was like, yeah, what was that all about? And we never figured it out. It was not something she said when we were younger, but it became part of the later vernacular. Um, Okay. And then there were some sweet things like, you know, I love you more. No, I love you more. Like those little contests that you have. Kind of cliche stuff. I don't think that she was real unique with her catchphrases that I remember. I do remember her telling me to leave the room better than I found it. That was one that stuck with me. Um, But it was a lot of cliches being thrown around. Yeah. 
Um, when you were saying I wasn't born yesterday, the one my parents both said was, were you born in a barn? Which when we left a door open, did people say that to you? Yep. Were you born oh, in a yeah. barn? Yep. People still say that in my family, but that, that didn't make my list. So it's funny because two of the ones that came to mind for me are about fairness. And I just wonder if as a threesome, my brother and sister and I were really like, it's not fair. And I know all siblings do that, but I wonder if some do it more or if we were, or or if it was just more activating, more triggering to my parents, the complaining about things being fair. So my mom used to do a very sing-songy, like almost over the top, eye-rolly sing-songy, life is neither fair nor unfair. It's just what is. And we would be so annoyed that we'd cut her off and we'd be like, it's just shut up. And it was, we were joking because we were not allowed to say shut up for real. And then we'd laugh and it became kind of a joke. So my parents would both be, they'd start like life is neither. And then nobody would ever make it to the end. So that, that came to mind. But another one about fairness is my mom used to say fair doesn't mean everyone gets the same thing. Fair means everybody gets what they need. And I know there's variations on that. Um, but that came to mind. Um, my mom used to say, be your best as like a sign off or a goodbye, like sending us off. And it was kind of a twist on instead of do your best. It was just sort of like, be your best. And now there's be best. Wasn't that? Um, yeah, there is. Part be of best. I was thinking be best. that when I said that. But she really did say be your best. Um, and I've never heard anybody else say that. So that felt kind of unique. So those are the ones that came up for me. And I think we'll both share. We'll both share some of the ones from our current houses as we go through the listeners, because a lot of our listeners Phrases reminded me of things that I say too. So, yeah. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So, this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah. And for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle. Whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. 
Bionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. All right, we're going to dive in. And the first grouping of sayings I called put it on a T-shirt because these are phrases that are clever. They're short and they're like, boom. And so it's like a little quip that you could put on a T-shirt and they cover all kinds of different things. But uh, before we dive in, just a note that we got all of these suggestions from our lovely Instagram followers. And that's where the that's where the conversation happened, which means we don't know all of your names because some of you have really um, delightful Instagram handles that are numbers and letters and can't even be read out loud. So we'll do our best or we might even just skip it if we really have no idea. But we credit you and we thank you for your comments. And in some cases, we just don't know your name. Okay, so this first one, these are also clever. And I think four on the floor would definitely go on the put it on a t-shirt category. City in a Garden says, no feet where we eat. I love Love it it. because that's so memorable. Like a kid could just rattle that off. Um, JL Harris says, we had fun and now we're done. It's just like a little poem or a song. Um, I'm going to say Sasha1026 says, don't yuck my yums. I've heard that one before, actually. Um, and I think that what that basically means is like, if if someone's enjoying something, like you don't get to come in and uh, make fun of it or, yeah. or you know, rain down on it. a parade. So, yeah. Right on a parade. Yes, exactly. Um, this one's from Emmy Ann 419. I love this one. One P all P. And <laughs> it's her husband's motto for road trips. She says, if she's, if they're stopping, Everyone gets out to use the restroom, no exceptions. And I think, I, I feel like that's maybe came up during house rules episode yeah. for road trips. Yeah. Um, but I love one P all P. That's P, like all P. It feels like a motto, like a family crest or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get what we get and we don't get upset. Um, and this is from Friedman party of four. And they say, uh, my kids usually respond with, we do get upset, which yeah. I love. I love that the kids have like a retort. Yeah. Um, Alex J. Bush, I'm going to go with um, buns or knees when they're sitting at the table. And then Alley Cat says knees or bottom. I mean, it's, it looks like this is some. And it took me a minute of reading this to like, what are they talking about? I think it means when you're you have to either be on your knees or on your bottom. Yes. Right. Oh, and you can't be on your this, feet. Yes. We said this in my family. Ours was knees or bottom. And it was constant. And I had totally forgotten about it because I'm not in the knees or bottom phase anymore. And right. also in the bath, they try and stand up on the bath, in the yes. bath, knees or bottom. Um, so chairs and bath. And even on the couch, they'll try and stand up or they'll like climb knees or bottom, knees or bottom, knees or bottom. So and yeah. Kids, am I right? <laughs> um, this last one is from my sister. And I just want to give a little context. My sister, yeah. Catherine, this is actually my nephew, Mario, I believe wants to have this put like on the family crest or something. So this is like their family's motto. And it is a card laid is a card played. And so when I read this, I was like, I, I'm so intrigued, Catherine, but I, I need to know more. Tell me more okay. about that, which is one of my so, repeated phrases. Um, they play, they're a big board game playing family and they play a lot of cards. And so I've, I've been saying this thing, you know, most of my life, I, I never as like a parent, I never thought of it as a parenting statement, but I suppose if you're playing a lot of games with your kids, it could become one. It just basically means. Once you put a card down and your fingers are off of it, mm-hmm. you can't like say you're playing poker yeah. yeah. and you lay something down and then you remove your hand. You yeah. can't go back and pick up. You can't change your mind. 
but it, yep. it can apply to like so many things in life. Yeah. It really can be like, it could really be a family motto. It really could. And I'm thinking of in the kids, context like, of cards. <laughs> yeah. When kids make a choice about something like I'm, I want the red one or I want to go second. Yep. Um, there's no backseas. Like you can't. Yeah. You, you got to right. stick with a card laid as a card played. I love that. I have to jump in at the end of this, put it on a t-shirt and share my favorite, put it on a t-shirt, which is not my own. It's credit goes to our very first preschool teacher, Miss Bobby at Rainbow Montessori in Scottsdale, who I loved so much. And she used to say to the preschoolers, no fingers in head holes. And basically uh, no, don't pick your nose, it. but also don't touch your eye. Don't poke yourself in the eye. Oh, don't yeah. stick your finger in your ears or your mouth. Think about it. No fingers yeah. in head holes. It, it, it covers everything like mic drop. And so that is what I would also All that put on needs a t-shirt. To be said. Yes. Thanks, Miss yes. Bobby. Okay. Well, switching gears, this next section was all the things that moms say that are sort of like love and inspiration. A lot of these were as we send our kids, you know, maybe off to school in the morning or as we say goodbye or if, what we say to them if they're going through something hard. So we're totally switching to a little bit more like emotional tone here. And it really is sweet how universal these are, how many people said variations on the same thing. And that makes me think that maybe their moms and dads said that to yeah. them when they were growing up. So it's really sweet. Um, so the Gimbals say we can do hard things. And she said from dealing with pandemic schooling, moving abroad in a pandemic and me fighting breast cancer, this has become our family phrase. But we can also apply it to smaller issues like dealing with the laundry that needs to be put away or like homework meltdown. So we can do hard things. And then loving life freely said the same thing. Like, I know it's hard, but you're a kid who can do hard things. And of course, we know Glennon has the very popular podcast now. We can do hard things. So that phrase is like kind of part of our collective yeah. now. Love it. Um, I hadn't heard of this one, but two different listeners like independently say to their kids, you're my favorite. And then they fill in the blank with something very specific, because, of course, you're not going to say you're my favorite kid if you have multiple kids, but you're my favorite six year old or you're my favorite yeah. basketball player or you're my favorite 12 year old. And, this is and a I big love... one in my house. OK, I, so like I, I have did, never yeah. done this. And you do yeah. this. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Sometimes it's even like you're my favorite Clara. <laughs> yeah, because it's true. You're my yeah. favorite Owen. Yeah, I've been doing that since since I had two kids, okay. you know, since so, I had more than one. Yeah, I. I'm so glad. And I have a new thing to work in. And I thought that was so sweet. Um, and then in terms of like the sign off or the goodbye, we had lots and lots of votes for make good choices, make smart choices. Tammy says, be kind and make good decisions. Um, there were a couple that were like, be kind, be a good friend and have a nice day. Like all these little ways that we wish. And that would have been where my mom's was be your best. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I like to say make good choices to my teenagers because it's become almost a cliche in movies. Like Yes. Where teenagers get dropped off. It's become like the jokes on the parents. So I say it like in a really over the top way. <laughs> so I, I get to, I get to say it like I'm joking, but I'm not, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, which I think is really like, that can be a really effective parenting tool when it's yeah. bigger kids. Like you are being genuine, like you're being serious, but you're kind of playing it off. Like it's, yep. we're all in a joke together. Yeah. 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 Totally. Well, another grouping of that we got were ones that came out as kind of funny or sarcastic or silly. Uh, this is kind of the realm I think I lived in growing up. Um, like that catchphrase as tough love. <laughs> and yeah. I think that a lot of that has kind of carried forward into the way I relate to my kids and talk to my kids. So a lot of these kind of just resonated with me. Um, oh boy, Chrissy Z caps. That's what I'm going to say. No, Chrissy Keezaps. That's what I'm going to say. All right. 
Chrissy says, when my girls ages five and seven ask for something like, say, orange juice and don't say please, my husband will say, oh, too bad. We don't have any orange juice. We only have orange juice, please, in the fridge. And then we'll make them re-say it. May I have some orange juice, please? Um, she says, it's funny because sometimes when we're out of the item, he'll say, we don't have any. And their immediate response is to say the please version. So it's like, <laughs> no, seriously, we just don't have it. Though. No, like we really don't. I love <laughs> yeah, that. I've really never heard that one. It's great. I haven't either, but I think that's one of those ways, like we can be so annoying to our kids by yeah, making oh, totally. them like sing songy repeat things that we just yeah. want to hear them say. But it's effective because then it gets stuck, right? Yep. Okay. This one comes from Lori Denton. And Sarah, I just have to know if this um, makes any sense to you. Y'all going to make me lose my mind. Does that mean anything to you? Yeah, I got it. I got it. I could finish oh, that okay. phrase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, all I right. Couldn't, I couldn't do much more than just finish the phrase. Well, I don't really know that there's much. So it's y'all okay. going to make me lose my mind. And the rest repeat. Up in you do know it. I'm I just, got a I'm pop impressed. culture question, right? <laughs> and then I was like terrified that it was wrong at the last minute. Okay. But yeah. Y'all go to make me act a fool. Okay, so it could, we could keep going, but I won't. And I couldn't um, for the record, but I, I got that far. I love how timidly you just said, I know. Here? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a great one. I, I think I might actually adopt that one because I have a feeling the kids would have fun with that. Yeah. Um, Amanda Mitch 08 says, when my kid whines, I don't want to one too many times. My response is usually a cheerful matter of fact. Oh, well, that's okay. Because I didn't ask if you wanted to at this time. So no issue. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. I I have to jump in here because I read this. I was preparing this episode and I tried this the other day, like two days ago. It did not go over well. And I picked (laughs) the wrong kid and the wrong Uh issue. And I think it's worth saying like, sarcasm and humor in families is so idiosyncratic. So my kid did not appreciate this humor and it's okay. Like we made amends. It was not a huge deal. And, but that doesn't make me think it's not hilarious for Amanda and her kids. I think that's amazing. So it's not like, oh, that's mean or that's sarcastic. It just, it didn't land. I needed to know my audience. And I, I got like a stare down, like, did you just say that to me? And I, I did it almost verbatim. I was about taking a shower and I was like, oh, well, I didn't ask you if you wanted to. So we're good. Just go do it. And I got that like a stare hilarious. down and a stomp out of the room. So, well, I also think I, I also think it's risky to be trying out new things on kids, your new kids material. ages. You know what I mean? Like new yes. material at that age. Maybe maybe yep. that ship has sailed. Like, yep. <laughs> a new approach is not going to fly with a preteen or teen. Live and learn. Live and learn. Time. Um, along the same lines as the song um, quotes, Sarah 680 says, you can't always get what you want. And then from there, we always end up singing the Rolling Stones refrain. I love that. Um, I love that one. I love this one. Um, I'm not going to I'm not going to try this thing. Uh, says, I'll take it under advisement because that's just like such a gentle blow off. Like, mm, thank you for the information. Yeah. And she says it's usually in response to a request for a dog, cat, hamster or extra dessert at bedtime. And Hope and Pain says every time my kids ask what's for dinner, I say cold mush. And I, I love that because, I mean, that question does become really grating, especially when you think they're not going to like the answer. Yes. So just throw out an answer they'll never like. Yep. <laughs> and then they'll I find out it. when they get there. Yeah. I love it. When I was thinking about things that I currently say all the time, one of the like very boring phrases is check the board because both for schedule questions and meal questions, 
it's on the whiteboard. And and we haven't always been like that, but the last few years, like check the board. So cold yeah. mush is funnier, but check the board comes out of my mouth a lot. And then it is like, yeah, they're not going to like the answer, but it's, it's, it's available to them somewhere else. Not from me. So, um, well, this was fun. These are lots of different ways that we say no to our kids. And again, so many similarities um, in it, it, it made me think like, could we just say no? Like, have we all gotten so precious that we have to say no, thank you. Not right now. But the thing is, if if we just said no all the time, we'd all lose our minds up in here. Right. So yeah. um, I up loved the here. creative, the creative things we got. A lot of them were about choices. So we got that's not one of your choices right now. This is not a choice. Here are your choices. We got from Lynn's Crawford. We got, I can't let you do that. I think that's one that I have said, especially for physically yep. rambunctious kids. It's like, I, I, I'm, I can't let you do that. So I'm going to help you stop that right now. Um, Jay Beans says that's not on the menu when there are endless requests for whatever. And I, I think she didn't just mean like food, but like that's not on the menu of what's being offered right now, even if it's not food related. Uh, here's one that I do. And this one came up a couple different times, but asked and answered. And someone gave me this, like someone who had read it in a parenting book or like heard it, someone from a professional standpoint, I heard this from, and it's just like, you don't have to keep answering the same question over and over again if you've already answered. So the shorthand becomes you asked and I answered, please don't ask me again. Or the real shorthand is asked and answered. Um, and I've gone through phases where I needed to say that a lot. Like, yep, we've had this conversation asked and answered. So, yeah. Well, and I don't think it's that it's it's precious or we just can't say no to kids. I actually think there's a lot of value in having um, an expanded no repertoire because yes. sometimes it's not just that you want to be mean and say no. It's just not available. This is not available to you right, right. now. Like this op- This is not an option. Like it's almost it feels to me almost more definitive and final than yeah. a no, which kids might think they can like figure out how to negotiate out of. Yep. So to me, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I have to tell you that when I asked my kids to rattle off some um, of my catchphrases, that most of them were things I already kind of knew, but Owen said there's food at home. And I was like, oh, do you go out? And he said, oh, that's what you always say when we're out and we want to get like, I don't even realize I do this, but I guess when we're out driving around and they all want to go through like the Taco Bell, you know, drive through or whatever, mm-hmm. I just say there's food at home. Yeah. So it's like, I don't really feel like saying no, because right. I, t- I don't want to feel like I'm just a no, like a broken no record. Yes. Um, I'm just reminding you kids that there's food at home. Mm-hmm. We don't need that. So it's just like extra information for them yep. that will hopefully drive my no home um, a little more firmly. And you know what it does is it jumps over the no, it leapfrogs over the no to the why. So you're basically yes. being like, no, because, and, and I think that's really efficient when you have five, you're kids. heading, you're heading yeah. off arguments. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. I love it. We are welcoming back ritual as a sponsor today, Megan, we both try to make healthy choices, but you know, sometimes it's tricky to sort through fact and fiction when it comes to supplements and vitamins to figure out just what they're doing for us. That's why I'm glad ritual keeps studying their products and sharing the results, especially as it relates to women, since women are the focus of all rituals products, including the essential for women, 18 plus multivitamin. And the results are super reassuring. Just as an example, Ritual conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin, and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. 
Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin is made with high quality and traceable key nutrients in clean bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Plus, they are leading the industry when it comes to sustainability. They use lower carbon packaging and prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients. That kind of thoughtfulness really matters to me. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash the mom hour. Start Ritual or add the Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash the mom hour for 25% off. Sarah, you and I talk a lot about what a great bonding experience it can be when families explore hobbies together. And that makes me think of our sponsor, Carnegie Hall Kids. Carnegie Hall Kids is a free website for kids ages 5 through 12 to learn about music through fun games and quizzes. And they have so many online resources that can help facilitate music education as a family. So if music and culture are a value in your family, I think this is such an easy way to explore that. Yeah, before we started working with Carnegie Hall Kids, I knew about Carnegie Hall because of all the famous artists who have performed there over the last, you know, 100 years or so. And now I think it's so great they're making all that incredible music and history accessible to kids all over the world for free. Yeah. And with summer break around the corner, moms are always looking for some guilt-free screen options to offer their bored kids. I would suggest Carnegie Hall Kids Interactive Musical Explorers Around the World Map. It teaches kids different musical traditions like Vietnamese folk, cumbia from Colombia, bluegrass and jazz from the U.S., and a lot more. Yeah, that map is really fun. Well, listeners, whether you're looking for music education you can do as a family or for your kids to explore independently, start the musical journey early and go to kids.carnegiehall.org to check out fun, child-friendly games and quizzes. Okay, so this is one of my favorite sections. Um, It's just good life advice, I guess, would be the header. And it's just things that become part of the family refrain because we want our kids to learn these things about life. Um, I guess my mom saying, you know, leave a room better than you found it kind of falls under here. It's like it's a little um, too long for a T-shirt, but it's really good advice. Some right, of these are exactly, like exactly. extensions from put it on a T-shirt, but they're a little, little, yeah. a little meatier. OK, so the first one I have is from Chickpea 33 um, and it's everything has a place and everything in its place. This is my mantra for picking up and also my retort for when I'm asked where something is because they can't find it, <laughs> mm, which I love that's, that's good. putting it back on the kids like, well, you know, you can't find something because it's not in its place. It's like one of those things will kind of stick with you. Um, Chickpea 33 also, I love this one, also says, let's get back to center for when my kids are wild, having a tantrum or a drama-filled sass fest. It's my starter to get everyone to take a deep breath and work on focusing. So let's get back to center. Like what a great just mantra to carry around with yourself through childhood into adulthood. I love um, that. And I think it could mean different things at different kid ages, but what a great thing to hear. And it's so different than like, stop your crying or like quit the drama. It's just like, everybody's got a center. Let's try and find where right. ours is. Yeah. Yeah. And it could be different for everybody. Um, Teresa Richardson says, find a home for this. Growing up, this is what my dad always said when we left our stuff around the house. I love that too, because it's like, again, reiterating that everything has a home and now this thing needs to go back to its home. Um, Amanda Lee says different families make different choices and it's companion. We don't make decisions based on other people's choices. I feel like this is a more sophisticated version of my mom saying, if all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you also (laughs) jump off a bridge? Well, you know, at the time I was like, yes, of course I would, because I really want them to like me. 
But you know, it's like it's like the slightly less gimmicky, sarcastic version yeah. of that. And then Betsy, Betsy Many, I think is how I'm going to pronounce that. Um, I really like this. And I think, Sarah, you have some kind of similar version that you've shared before. But yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. And just let them figure it out. If if mom doesn't get in the way, kids can really start solving a lot of their own problems. And, and putting it back to them in the form of a question is a great way to inspire them to do that. Especially when they're young. And if they're used to being asked that from the very beginning, then it's when they it is time to solve some of their own problems. It's not such a shock. I love all of these. I definitely, Teresa, I definitely also say find a home for this. Sometimes I didn't realize that I say these things until I read them from listeners. And I was like, oh, that for sure comes out of my mouth. And I don't know where I got that. But I def when I'm picking up or tidying, I will hand something to a kid and say, can you please find a home for this? Um, I also will say, will you take this to its final resting place, which makes no sense like that. That doesn't even make sense. But for some reason, it's it's come into the vernacular. Yes, exactly. Um, Well, that last one for Betsy is a perfect setup asking kids, what do you think? Because we got a whole category of things moms say that are actually questions to put back on the kids. Um, So I'll go through these. Ellie McGinnis says, what are you supposed to be doing right now while kids are doing all manner of things other than the simple <laughs> instructions she gave them? I, I verbatim, I say that to my kids. What are, you, yeah. what are you supposed to be doing right now? And then Five Little Limes says during fights, she says, how can you make peace right now? I love that one during sibling fights. Again, it doesn't go to blame or finger pointing or even uh, you know, demand someone apologize. It's just, how can you make peace right now? And then during kid freakouts, she asks, how can you solve this problem? So love that. Um, K.S. Meyer, which I think is our listener, Catherine Meyer. She says, can we turn this around to her five-year-old with big feelings? Love that one. I'm like taking notes on all of these. Can we turn this around? I don't know. Maybe not, but it's a good question. Right. It's a good um, question to ask, right? Maybe they hadn't yeah. thought about it. Yeah. Um, Madeline says, are your listening ears on? And, um, oh, two Sally's says, Hmm, what would you like me to do about that? When one of the kids tattles on another. And she said, rarely there's a response beyond, I don't know. And she says, when I stare at them smiling without offering suggestions, they usually trudge back to whatever game was happening and move on with life. So I have to jump in here because I got tattling advice very early on from somebody that said something similar. And it was, thank you so much for letting me know. Do you need my help to solve that problem? And a a tattler will kind of look at you and they're like, uh, I don't know. They they got nothing. Yeah. they They have to like come tell you because you're the adult. And they think you'll magically make it stop. But then when they really have to think about it. Yeah. What can you do? You know? Exactly. And it also in in the person who told me it, it was um, discouraging people from not allowing tattling because there are some cases where you really do want kids to feel safe coming to a grown up and letting you know what's going on. But you don't always need to then engage. Right. right? So it sort of like did yeah. a little bit of both. It met them in the middle by thank you for telling me that. What would you like me to do in two Sally's uh, words? What would you like me to do about that? Or I think I used to say, like, do you need my do you need my help? And usually the implication was, no, you do not like goodbye. Well, so. and also they probably don't want you to break up the game. Yeah. They don't want the fun to right. end. Yeah. So anything you could do would probably get in the way of what they actually want, which is just to play. <laughs> so right, yeah, exactly. I love that. Um, I love I'll that. add to the end of this list, the one I've talked about before, and listeners have told me they have started to use it, but it's not exactly a question, but I say all the time to my kids, tell me more about that. And it is the thing that will 
buy you time. It is the thing that will often get a kid to tell you what they actually want to tell you instead of the first thing that they said. So it works really well when a kid is reporting drama at school, saying somebody doesn't like them, saying like the teacher made them stand in time out for 10 minutes. It's like the thing that you want to be shocked about. And then you're like, I'm just going to say four more words. Maybe it's five. Right. Tell me more about that. It's five words. Tell me more about that. It also can be like if a kid comes out with a wild opinion, like I don't like the color green anymore because only aliens wear green. And that's not what it would be. But sometimes they'll older kids will come with like a shocking opinion about the world. And instead of being like, well, that's not right. You can't think that. Tell me more about that. So it's not exactly a question, but it is something that will get kids to talk. And then sometimes they like talk themselves out of it. I've watched right. my kids when I've asked questions like that, open ended questions. It's almost like they then it's like they got it out of their system just saying it. And yeah. then when they have to kind of defend it or say more, they realize actually there's no meat. There's right. no meat to this statement. Yeah. Well, that leads really nicely into our next section, which is when you need to buy some time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know that moms deal with this all the time. And I think particularly when you are in that sort of like, I'm going to say three, four, five, six age range mm -hmm. where your kids are, there's a lot coming at you. And sometimes yes. you don't, and sometimes it's not entirely logical and you don't really have any solution or maybe you don't have the, the mental energy to really even have a real, you know, response for them. So you can buy some time. And I love this Instagram name, 350 degrees until done. That's a great name <laughs> says, um, thank you for telling me is code for, I do not have the brain space for this conversation. So similar to some of the things we just talked about, yeah. um, except but even shorter, just like, thanks yeah. for telling me. Yep. Thank you so much. Um, Courtney Van Alstyne says in response to a wailing, nonsensical crying fit over tiny things. I love this so much. I need you to cry a little quieter so you can hear my ideas to help us feel better. So she says she never wants to say stop crying, but this almost always takes it down a notch to where I can help them calm down and move on without arguing or commanding. Or in my case, sometimes that frustrated, like, oh my gosh, I can't. Right. Like, I can't even hear myself think like yeah. it's it's I need like help me help you. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like, yeah, let's just tone this down so that I can jump in and actually be of service to you. OK, so Joanne revising, which is one of our um, contributors, Joanne Diaz says pause. That's it. Yeah. But I have a feeling she probably says it a little more forcefully because she wrote yeah. it in all caps like pause. <laughs> yeah. And it does. It hit it hits pause on whatever yeah. is happening. Yeah. And it's gentler than stop. Mm -hmm. You know, stop is one of those things that you say as a mom so much because my goodness, there's just so much you want them to stop. Um, but pause is more like, hey, we need to figure this out, like mm -hmm. pause so that we can look at what's happening and have some solutions. I think it's also good for I have rambunctious. No, I was going to say I have rambunctious kids. I have one physically rambunctious kid who a lot of times it's a safety or a physical issue and pause is a really good way to be like, I'm not telling you, you can't do this, but I, I do need us to pause for safety. And I will get a lot of like, why? Oh, but I'm not, but I'm not doing anything, but I'm, I, I'm, but I'm safe. And it's like, no, 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 just pause. And then we can resume when we're on the same page. So I feel like it would work for physical play as well. Just hit pause. Yeah, it's like yellow light. You know? Yes, exactly. So, yeah. Um, Brittany Nason says, I respond with that's interesting information. When my kids demand something, it's to prompt them to ask nicely instead of demanding. So if her kids are like, I want water. And she says, that's interesting information. 
yeah. what she's doing, I think this is genius, is acknowledging that they have expressed a want, but not taking it as a command because yeah. that's not how they should ask. Right. So right. puts it back on them to rephrase it. Right. I love it. I love I'm picturing like little confused, slightly confused little faces of like, oh, oh, right. The please. Right. Exactly. Um, and we di- we didn't even have time to go through the number of people who had ways to remind kids to use their manners. But it talk about universality. I think this was the one where to a person it was try again, try again, try again, yep. please try again. Or, or the other variation is I can't hear you when you whine like that, or my ears aren't, my ears can't hear the whining. So you need to try again, try again. So it was like, we had an entire section of that, that it was like, it's literally everyone. Everyone is reminding their kids either not to whine or to use polite manners. So if you want to feel not alone, just know you are not alone if you are in that (laughs) phase of life. Yeah. Okay, this last section um, I felt for all of these moms because the common theme was when you are in high demand as a mom and you are likely outnumbered at home. And several people talked about solo parenting or just just literally not having enough limbs. And so these are the things we say to our kids when we want to respond to them, but we we physically are not able to meet their needs. Maylee Mama said, sorry, I don't have a third arm today. And Farmhouse Planner said, there's three of you and only one of me. And similar, Kate said, one mommy, two kids. Um, And someone else said, I'm only one mom. And Amanda said, I'm just one person. So basically, like, reminding the children that, like, you're not ignoring them. You're not saying no. You simply are not able to meet all of the demands at the same time. And then maybe the funniest one, um, Jay Beans said, I stole this from my daughter's teacher, but she always says, I'm not an octopus. It's perfect when the demands come at warp speed. Mommy, do this. Mommy, I want that. So I love that. Oh, and then B Bear says, my hands are busy. Ask your dad. That was my favorite one. But I have to say, too, like, even as my kids get older, I don't have that. Um, I don't have that feeling anymore where it's like me surrounded by a bunch of small children who need me to keep them alive and have requests like, you know, for snacks right. and, you know, cup of water and bathroom help and all that kind of thing. But Still to this day, I do have to tell my kids sometimes like I'm doing my best or yeah, I'm sorry that didn't work out the way you hoped it would or I'm just one person like I still have to do that now because even now with all teenagers and older, I will still walk into a mom, 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 mom. When are we going to do this? When are we going to do that? And so that does not go away. And I mean, I just went on a vacation with my kids and we will talk about this, I'm sure, in in another episode. But I felt at times like they were just baby ducks like ducklings following me around quacking at me through the streets of San Francisco. (laughs) And I'm like, guys, I mean, most of you are adults. Like two out of four of the kids that were with me were adult people. Right. And they still like were quacking and following me around. So just, just a funny, like it it doesn't go away. Like the, the need to remind them that you're just one person which I guess you could look at as really flattering because they think we're superhuman. They do. They do. And that we can solve everything. Yeah. So funny. Um, Well, Megan, we kind of threw, we sprinkled in a few of our own refrains throughout. Um, I loved hearing yours. Some of yours I knew and some I didn't. Um, Did we, are there any that you say a lot in your house that we didn't get through? So this is another thing that came up when uh, I was on vacation with my kids and, um, I feel like I need to write something about this because <laughs> at points it was so ridiculous because I'm, I'm like rattling things off. And then five minutes later, someone would look me right in the face <laughs> and say, what are we doing later? 
And I would just make this, like, I would just make a face that they, they recognize that face. I just raise my eyebrows really slowly and say, like, are you kidding? But anyway, point being that I remembered them when they were littler, I would say eyes on me because I knew mm -hmm. if I didn't say that, they probably weren't going attend to attend yes. to whatever I was saying. And I found myself doing it again, like with big kids, because yeah. I was like, I'm not going to repeat myself 15 times. Eyes on me. I'm everyone stop talking. I know you're all excited and you're like yeah. having fun, but everyone put your eyes on me and close your mouths and I'm yeah. going to say something. So it reminded me of having little kids. And then um, another one, I remember having this conversation. Owen was always very astute as a little kid at like kind of cutting through the parenting BS in a way. Mm -hmm. And I remember him saying to me once, like, mom, when you say maybe it means no. And when you say we'll see, it means maybe. And I was like, no, they mean the same. But then I thought about it and I was like, nope, that's true. <laughs> so when I said maybe it actually meant no, but I don't want to say no right now because uh -huh. it's like a possibility, but a very remote possibility. And when I said we'll see, it meant yes, but I don't want to say yes right now because I'm not 100% sure. Uh -huh. But it, it definitely like on the spectrum between no and yes. Yeah. Maybe was much closer to no and we'll see was much closer to yes. And that's so, so smart of Owen. Like that yeah. is like such a like he drilled into the probability. Like it was like an yeah. algorithm based thing without even. Yeah. yeah that's amazing. Yeah. How about you? Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, a couple that I wanted to mention that I kind of forgot as we went. One, when when we went through that section of like questions we ask our kids, a question I have started to ask, and this ha has to do with morning routine mostly. Um, someone said, what are you supposed to be doing right now? And I do that one. But I also say, what's your next right thing? Which comes from that Frozen 2 song. And then I think there's that's another phrase that's like newly in our consciousness, like the next right thing. But I will ask my kids, what is your next right thing? Just meaning like, okay, you have a lot to do between now and getting out the door in 30 minutes. Like what's one thing you are going to do next? Um, and I guess it like puts a little bit of it back on them because I don't care which thing you do. You got to put your shoes on. You need to pack up your backpack. You need to pack a lunch. But like, what's the next right thing? So I ask that yeah. one a lot. Um, just total tongue in cheek. If I have been talking to a kid, especially if it's like logistic, logistics talk or like instructions and they're not particularly into it. And I'm about to like, send them off. I will say pleasure doing business with you. Like, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming to my Ted talk. No, but I do it. say it's pleasure doing business with you. And then they it's just like a way to eyes. get rid of them nicely. Yeah. And, and it like not get rid of, of them, like, but like you're putting a bow on it, putting a bow on it. And they didn't really want to be there. It's usually a type right. of conversation where I'm like, okay, I need you to, you know, I need you to whatever it's coordinating rides. It's, it's like the type of thing that my whole family doesn't love that I do, which is a lot of practical logistics talk and I can see it in their faces. So at the end, I will say pleasure doing business with you. Um, I think that was it. I think I got through all the other ones that I wanted to mention. I'm sure we're both forgetting where we'll remember things we always say, but I almost sometimes think I'm rattling things off so robotically. Sometimes I don't even know I'm doing it. Yeah. So yeah. it would be interesting if our kids did this whole episode, what yeah. they would say. Yeah. Yes. What we're constantly saying. There's food at home. When in doubt, there's food at home. Right. <laughs> Well, this was really fun. Thank you to everybody who commented and, you know, let us peek inside your homes via that Instagram post and apologies for all of those Instagram handles that we butchered. We are recording a listener questions episode in two days. So if you have been meaning to send in a listener question, you can do that to hello at the either write out the question or record your voice asking it. 
and we are recording um, just later this week. So last call to get those in. And then lastly, we will be together in person this week. So as this episode drops, the tomorrow that is happening. So Wednesday this week, we will be um, together in Dallas. And we're usually pretty good about sharing some things in Instagram stories. Sometimes we hop on and do a live. So, um, yeah, I guess hop over to the Insta because it's always fun and a little bit silly when we're together. And we're looking forward to it because now it's been, what, four or five months? Yeah, it has been since October. Yeah, Yeah. I think that is. Yeah, it's it's six months. Oh, my gosh. That flew by. Biannual get together, which we wish was more like, you know, know. quad annual. Maybe maybe again soon. We're working (laughs) our way back from COVID time. So we're better than we were in 2021, but we're not quite normal yet. And then finally, we have another Voices episode for the month of April that drops this Friday. So you're going to get an extra episode on Friday. And I'm excited for everybody to hear that one. It features a couple of our contributors um, and I'll be there as well. So we will talk to everybody soon. Talk to you then. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Megan, you know what I love about our partner, The Essential Calendar? I love the product so much, of course, but I also love that it comes from a small business founded by two moms. Right, just like us. Listeners, if you're drowning in details right now, like summer camps, travel plans, end of school year mayhem, give yourself the gift of the Essential Calendar, a seasonal at-a-glance poster-sized calendar for your wall. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour.